0: Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast, where your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right. Hopefully today's podcast title has piqued your interest, right? Could becoming a happy or teacher be as easy as this. And as many of you know, it is that time of the school year, perhaps you're out of school that you can actually breathe that sigh of relief, right? Maybe you're still in school and hang in there. You've got it not much longer. Or maybe you're year round and this, you know, maybe it's just a little different for you, but that's okay. Either way, we've all experienced that time of the year where you get to breathe a sigh of relief where it's like you get a break, Right wrapped up another year in the classroom. You've done your three class novels. You've graded like a thousand text-dependent essays. You've completed recess duty a hundred times. You've made a million freaking copies, right? Two escape rooms, seven Socratic summers, however you're going to measure it, right? Your first mock trial doesn't matter. It's been a heck of a year. There's anything that I've heard from teachers is that it's that. Like this has been the hardest year that they have ever experienced, like harder than Last year with remote learning for just so many different reasons, you know, it feels like we finally breathe. And like every start of summer, it's sometimes a little bittersweet, you know, as hard as this year might have been, you're so ready for that no alarm clock in the morning, Right. You don't have to scarf down your lunch as fast as possible. And then feel like you're going to throw it because you ate it too fast, like 10 minutes later. Right. I don't know if that has ever happened to you, (laughs) but I was always just like shove, like as my students were coming back from lunch, I'd be shoving food in my face, still eating. Um, it's that time of year where you're not checking your emails anymore, right? You don't have to look at your, you're not going to get an email from a parent for a month, two months, Right, you don't have Let to reach that out again. Par- like, oh. yeah, right. <laughs> so exciting. You don't have to reach out to parents about missing assignments or student behavior or whatever. Like, you get to chill. So awesome. And Thanks. yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and at the same time, like it's that both and, right? It's like oh, thank God. And you might already miss some of your students, <laughs> right? You miss those students who make you want to pull your hair out on some days while other days they make you smile so big that you pause and you reflect like why you love this job so much. You know, I remember in the summers, my husband would always be like, you don't have any stories to tell me today. And I'm like, (laughs) I know it's because I was by myself all day. Like nothing funny happened. I have nothing to share with you. Right. (laughs) What else do I talk about? (laughs) Totally. So it's a bittersweet moment. It really is a bittersweet moment.
1: And I do find that June just really is the time of year. You spend time reflecting on the school year, right? Like what made it a success? And it might be hard to find some things this year, but you really can, if you spend the time, but also what do you want to change for next year? And I'm guessing there's a lot of things that many teachers would say they would change for next year. And it might seem strange that we're asking you to think about this right now, right? Like All you want to do is just go read some kind of mindless beach read or just binge watch whatever you want on Netflix, whatever it is. You don't want to be thinking about this stuff, but we promise you that if you take a few minutes and you do this following exercise that we're going to walk you through, it's going to help you step into the identity of a healthier, happier teacher. Like how great does that sound? Right? And the reason we're talking about this now at the start of summer is because it's important to start embodying that role. Now, if you're saying, great, I want to be happier and healthier. Well, then you need to build in those habits now at the start of summer so that when you return to school, it's ingrained in you and you can just take actions and make decisions from this healthier, happier you. And you can do that from day one. So we are trying to set you up for success now and that you can embody this identity all summer long. So we're hoping that we're convincing you that this exercise (laughs) is worth it today. So here's the simple question to ask yourself. That's going to set you up for that happier, healthier teacher in the fall.
0: What are you willing to be wrong about? I love it. It sounds like a strange question, Mm -hmm. right? It's when you are willing to be wrong about something that you start to create beautiful things. And I want to repeat that. It's when you are willing to be wrong about something that you start creating beautiful things. And that's so hard. I know for all of my perfectionists that are listening right now, like you probably just broke out in a cold sweat and you're like, I know, like I'm not doing that, right? But once you identify the statement and you say it out loud to yourself, or you say it to others, even if you want to be even more vulnerable, right. And have more growth for yourself, you get to be coachable and you can start making decisions and taking action from that identity that you want to embody. There's nothing worse, quite frankly, than someone who's not coachable because I don't know about you, Jessica. I sit there and I see all of their potential, but they can't tap into it because they're unwilling to be wrong. They're unwilling to be vulnerable. They're unwilling to take down that facade and be like, look, I am wrong. And these are areas of growth. That's so frustrating. It's disappointing actually for me. And I think it's so relatable. Like as teachers, we know that we've seen that with some students of ours. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. So let's walk through an example I'm going to give you a bunch of, I'm willing to be wrong statements. And I want you to just like, think about them, absorb them as I'm saying them and perhaps like say them to yourself. Like maybe this is you saying this. Okay. I'm willing to be wrong that being a good teacher means being the last one to leave school each day. I'm willing to be wrong that working on the weekend is just a part of my job. I'm willing to be wrong that grading essays has to take hours of my time each day. I'm willing to be wrong that preparing my students for state testing is boring. I'm willing to be wrong that stress and overwhelm show up like clockwork on Sunday afternoons. I'm willing to be wrong that I can't fit everything into my 43 minute class periods. I love that one, by the way. I cannot tell you how many times I hear that. I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. a limiting belief. (laughs) I'm willing to be wrong that anxiety is just a part of getting formally observed by my principal. I'm willing to be wrong that my students just don't care what they're learning about. I'm willing to be wrong that feeling like I'm drowning is just a part of being a teacher. I'm willing to be wrong that teaching middle schoolers how to write is hard and frustrating.
1: So we want you to let those soak in and then pause for a minute and come up with a statement that rings true for you, whether it's one of the ones that Caitlin just shared or one of your own, because if you really do want to become a happier, healthier teacher, if you're committed to that, then you have to put in the mindset work. And it starts with identifying that statement you're willing to be wrong about and then saying out loud a few times and reflect on like, why did I choose that? Why is that triggering me somehow? So, again, it's in identifying it and owning it that makes you coachable and then ready for change. But notice what happens when you do say your statement out loud. So, if you want to pause this for a second and say it, say your statement and then like see what your next is. And I think what you'll find is your brain automatically goes to past evidence, to things that happened a while ago, to either prove yourself right or wrong. So, let's go back to one of the statements that Caitlin shared. She said, I'm willing to be wrong that teaching middle schoolers how to write is hard and frustrating. Your brain might automatically go back to past experiences and say, wait, but teaching middle schoolers how to write is hard and frustrating. Like my students struggled with every writing assignment I gave them this year. I hated grading their essays. It's like they've forgotten everything I taught them all year long or they didn't include any evidence and their explanations, didn't make any sense. They didn't even remember to indent, right? Like all these frustrating things come up. So you automatically go back to that past evidence. But if you say the statement, I'm willing to be wrong that teaching middle schoolers how to write is hard and frustrating. And then you pause and you let that sink in. Then you become coachable and you start to think, Outside the box and get creative with making changes. So, your choice of thought, whether it's negative or positive, is going to dictate the feeling you will have and then the type of action you either take or don't take. So, you want to ask yourself, like, what can you think to cause the feelings you want to take the right actions? And I am going to repeat that one because that's like a mind puzzle sometimes. Mm -hmm. What can you think to cause the feelings you want to take the right actions, right? To take those actions that help you identify as a happier, healthier teacher?
0: Yeah. And it's not just like us who have experienced this shift in the way in which we approach things, right? And the way in which we think and act and take inspired action, all that stuff. We've had thousands of middle school ELA teachers who've come through our EB writing program. And they've shared with us at the beginning, like we're ready and willing to be wrong about the teaching writing struggle, right? Once they say it, they are open to learning a new approach to teaching writing. They're open to diving deeper into writing frameworks that we use and using lessons like our bountiful case mystery writing activity that hooks students at the beginning of the lesson, right? These teachers, and hopefully this will be you are open to making a change with how they teach writing. And it is in that moment that everything changes for them. And it's going to be in that moment that everything changes for you. And I want to share what one of our teachers, Sharon, had to say about this. She said, I finally got around to using the Bountiful Case. It's a free resource. We can include the link in the show notes for you. My sixth graders are writing their first argumentative essay, and I wanted them to practice finding evidence. From the minute I introduced the lesson, every student in my room was hooked. They talked the entire hour, picking apart the picture and the writing. They didn't even blink when they had when they saw that they had to write a sentence. She says, I usually get a groan, like, oh, a sentence from her students. Maybe you can relate to that, right? They got right to work. I have never had a class so engaged in finding textual evidence. Your writing program is amazing. I have seen great improvement on writing in my classes. And I love this example because Sharon was willing to try something new to shake up how writing had been done in the past. And as a result, she experienced the positive ripple effects and so did her students. Had she sat in that old balloon belief of, well, teaching, writing, middle, teaching, writing, middle schoolers is hard. Would that experience have happened? No, she changed because of being wrong about that particular limiting belief. Right. And so this question goes back to that CTFAR framework that we've talked about on the podcast before, and we'll include a link to that episode too, in the show notes for you guys as well. And that is that your circumstances, the C determine your thoughts, the T which cause your feelings, the F, which drive your actions, the A, and lead to your results, the R. So again, your circumstances determine your thoughts, which cause your feelings, which drive your actions and lead to your results. So if the circumstance is students are struggling with writing, then the thought is, well, teaching middle schoolers how to write is hard and it's frustrating. And then the feelings that you feel are overwhelmed, like you're drowning in grading bad essays. You get a headache every day. You're fed up with no signs of improvement in student essays. You go into a Facebook group and you complain about how your students can't write. I say that with love, okay? And the results that you see is nothing. Nothing changes, right? Students are struggling. You're struggling, burnout, frustrated with teaching, right? However, there are teachers who love teaching writing, like Jessica, who are successful with teaching writing. So think about that. How does that circumstance impact your thoughts, impact your feelings, impact your actions, impact your results, right? It all is tied together. Why is one person's experience different than another's, right? So let's talk into that, right? Same
1: exact circumstance. Students are struggling with writing. Watch what happens when you change the thoughts. So this time my thought is I'm willing to be wrong that teaching middle schoolers writing is hard and frustrating. Now my feelings. Oh, I'm excited. Maybe there's some frameworks out there that I can actually use to set my students up for success. I'm happy that there are other teachers out there that I'm hearing about who actually look forward to teaching writing now. I feel a sense of relief that there's a program for me created by teachers so I don't have to figure this all out by trial and error. And the results? I take inspired action. I learn the EB writing approach. I walk into class each day. I'm confident. And prepared, excited to teach writing. I know that my students will thrive with this, and I see the results in their own writing. So now writing is fun, my favorite subject of the day.
0: Yeah, like literally a completely 180 different experience of life, right? Think about how powerful that is about what we get to control every single day in our lives based on our thoughts. Circumstance didn't change, circumstance was the same. Right. It's that whole concept of life is 90%. What happens? What is it? 90%, 10%? What happens to you? 90% how you react. Yeah. Yep. So if you are willing to be wrong, that teaching writing to middle schoolers is hard and frustrating. We are offering a free workshop at the end of July. We're also opening up our EB writing program to new teachers this summer, which we are super excited about. We only open up in the summer and we want to invite you to add your name to the priority list. So if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash priority list, you will be on our priority list of teachers to be invited to our free workshop and to also join our EB writing program. And we're going to be sharing with you the single most effective way to transform your students into star writers, which is using our EBW approach. Um, it's just so powerful and I just love it so much. So again, add your name to our priority list. You can be the first one. So you can have that second circumstance, right? Of teaching right into middle schoolers is hard, but oh, there's a new framework that I can use instead and life is easier, right? So in the meantime, ponder the question, what am I willing to be wrong about? And then pause in the space that follows. Get creative about the thoughts, about the feelings that you have about that statement. What's underneath that? Why does that trigger you? Why did you bring that particular statement to the forefront? And then the inspired action that you get to take to change the narrative, to change your life, to change your experiences, to change how you engage and interact in the world so that by the time school returns, you are walking in the door and you are in fact a healthier, happier teacher. All right, you guys, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next week on the podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye.